and I figured out, okay, this is going to end up being about like a four and a half year project spanning 150 episodes. And, you know, so far, uh, it's pretty much been stayed at that pace. I'm right on the mark. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello and welcome back, podcasting friends. Today, I am chatting with John Zhu, the host and producer of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms podcast. John is on a mission with his podcast to retell the ancient Chinese novel Romance of the Three Kingdoms in a way that makes it relevant and accessible to a modern audience. With 800,000 words and nearly a thousand dramatic characters to cover, this is quite an ambitious undertaking. Welcome to Podcasting smarter, John. How are you? Thank you, Jennifer. I'm doing good. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm happy to, to have you on the show. I started listening to the podcast and I there is there is so much to that story. I can't even imagine what it's like to tell it. So I'm dying to know how and why did you start your podcast? Okay. Um, so let's see. Well, let's start in 2013. Uh, that's when my daughter was born. And uh, for about like nine months after that, uh, I just had basically no brain capacity to do anything remotely stimulating or creative. <laughs> uh, like literally like for nine months, um, my wife and I, like all we did in our downtime was watch like Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, because that was <laughs> that's all we were able to do. Uh, but then about a year or so after that, um, you know, after my daughter was born, you know, I started to get back to a good place where you know I've, okay you know i uh, managed to find some balance now you know i have some creative energy built up again so i was looking for an outlet you know to expand that energy and um and i've been listening to podcasts since the mid-2000s so that was always a medium that i was interested in uh so you know i started thinking about hmm, maybe i can do a podcast and uh being someone who uh you know was born in china and then moved to the United States uh, when he was 10, you know, uh, I've always, you know, been kind of living between two cultures. So I thought maybe I could do something that kind of bridges the two cultures. Uh, but at the same time, when I look out there to see what uh, China related podcasts, there were already in existence. Uh, you know, there were already a couple podcasts on Chinese history, and there were some podcasts on uh, contemporary China. And, you know, I knew that you know, they were doing a better job than I could ever do, hope to do in those areas. Uh, but then I thought about, well, you know, what about Chinese literature, classic Chinese literature? You know, I grew up you know, immersed in you know, things like the Three Kingdoms. Uh, so I thought maybe I could, you know, do something to uh, bring that aspect of Chinese culture to a Western audience. And especially with uh, something like the Three Kingdoms, you know, it is so well known in China and also in much of East Asia, and yet it's more or less, you know, unknown in the West. Uh, so I thought that would, you know, give me a, a chance to, you know, bring this kind of hidden gem almost, you know, to the West. I love that. And I think it's really smart. Uh, and I imagine that, will you tell me, how has it been in terms of growing an audience and what kind of feedback have you received so far? 
so you know, one of the things I love about you know podcasting as a medium is that it enables you to tap into these you know maybe relatively small but very passionate uh, online communities, right? Uh, so when I started, uh, it definitely the traffic numbers were kind of slow going for a while there. Uh, you know, I was able to kind of, you know identify like pockets of people who may be interested in something like this uh, because there are online discussion boards about. Uh, the Three Kingdoms. So, you know, I went on there and just, you know, uh, promoted the show a little bit there. And then, uh, you know, slowly but surely, you know, people started to discover the podcast. You know, it went from, say, you know, uh, a few hundred, uh, a couple hundred downloads to begin with uh, or, you know, whatever. And then now I guess I'm getting about uh, thirteen to 1,500 downloads uh, in the first week. Um, and, you know, there are points along the way where, the traffic numbers kind of take a you know spike uh, right. when you know a new pocket of people discover it. So, for instance, you know when um, a certain you know Reddit thread uh, about a certain topic, you know, some, when somebody posts about the podcast on there, then you know I see this big spike. Or uh, you know, a little while back, um, I was on um, a show that covers contemporary China, and you know. It, we talked about the podcast and that brought the podcast to another pocket of people who were interested in it. So, you know, so overall, you know, I've been thrilled with the fans, you know, with the listeners that I've gotten, you know, and I've heard a lot from the people who listen to the show. You know, I've gotten a lot of emails, uh, people saying, oh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Um, you know, I've tried reading the novel, but it's it's very dense. And, you know, I've been looking for an audio book, but then I found this podcast and, you know, this is great. It's helping me to get into this novel more. And that's exactly why I started it, you know, because I thought, okay, you know, reading the translation of the novel is pretty difficult. Uh, if you're not already familiar with the stories and the characters. So I thought, you know, the podcast would be a way to make it more accessible. And it's great when I hear that from people. Yeah, I bet that's really rewarding. Okay, so I have to ask, because you heard, as I read your brief introduction on the podcast, I stumbled over it three times, took me three takes to do just read a paragraph that I had written. So how do you do how do you deal with that are you are you getting better i imagine probably practice makes perfect but do you remember in the beginning like having to to do retakes and did you have the same problem of sometimes stumbling over your words and having to redo a section of the podcast oh yeah definitely i mean still have some of that problem today (laughs) yeah uh yeah uh and, you know, it's just something I admitted right from the get-go on the podcast, you know, is that, you know, I am somebody who has no radio experience, who's not, not even that good a public speaker. So this was definitely a new thing for me. Um, so definitely there were uh, retakes in the beginning. Uh, what I do is, you know, I my podcast, my episodes are generally about, you know, 25, 30 minutes long. When I first started, it was like 35, 40 45 minutes long but then after the first couple episodes i quickly realized that by the time i hit the 30 minute mark i start to fade you know my voice just starts to go and you know it just um yeah it just doesn't work well so i decided to cut back on the length a little bit uh that helps me uh, improve the quality of what i do record uh and then you know i just uh i record the episodes in um chunks kind of you know mm-hmm. i 
you know, when I'm writing the script, I actually write, like, put, like, three blank lines, you know, in the, sc- in the script where, okay, when you get to this point, take a breath, you know, pause for a little bit. You know, there's a convenient stopping point, the kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, you know, and one of the things that I've been also constantly trying to improve on is trying to make my voice just more dynamic uh and you know it's one it's kind of the strange experience when you you know really listen to yourself um you know for the first time or you know really closely for the first time and then you start identifying okay you know here's where my voice sounds strange here's where i'm just sounding flat for five minutes straight you know so that's something where you know, you make mental notes and then in the, the next time you do it, you just go back and say, okay, when I get to this, I'm going to make sure to really, you know, ramp up the uh, excitement in my voice, you know, just kind of almost feel like you're overacting, you know, in a way, but just to compensate for that. Yeah, I've I've discovered that myself in podcasting that you just sort of have to amp it up a little bit. And it's a little more amped up than your normal conversation voice, but it trans it doesn't translate strangely across the the mic. Like you kind of have to in order to to keep that energy up for your audience. And I noticed that you d- you know, in listening to your podcast, you do. You 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 perform when you read. So it's, you know, kind of a dramatic reading and you play out these characters with like gusto. I, I really <laughs> enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks. So, um, I, I just is a sort of, uh, uh, I don't, not a technical question, but a, a, a production question, I guess. Um, so you're reading a, a novel that has been, you know, translated. It's ancient, and I'm sure it's been interpreted many ways. But are you reading from an actual book, or because you said script, are you rewriting, um, rewriting the story in a way that you think is more palatable to the audience, or how how does that work? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am rewriting. Uh, what I'm doing is uh, I am basically going through and writing a translation of the novel and. And also, you know, rewriting that translation to make it more colloquial, more conversational. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so because the novel, the Chinese version of the novel was written uh, in a particular style to emulate uh, like a, a, an ancient style of writing. Okay. Um, so even if like for contemporary Chinese, uh, you know, it takes some effort to read the original Chinese version of it. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. But then when you translate, so when you have the English translation of it, you know, you, when you have a good, faithful English translation of it, and you try to read that, it's actually kind of boring. Uh, you know, I've actually, I've gotten a, a volume of the English translation for my wife, uh, who is American, uh, for her birthday. And she started reading it, and, you know, she made it about a quarter of the way through and just couldn't keep going because... The book, you know, is written kind of like a chronicle. So it's a lot of lists of like, you know, and in this year, so-and-so went to war against so-and-so and they fought at, you know, this place and so-and-so okay. won, you know, kind of thing. So it reads like a all kind of a dry list of battles and names. Um, so that's not very exciting. Um, so I thought, okay, the way I want to do this is, you know, I want to make it more conversational. I want to make it more story, more like a storytelling experience. Uh, one of the places where I drew my inspiration is that when I was a kid growing up in China, you know, on the radio, they would have these master storytellers who would, you know, 
talk, who, who would tell these stories, who would tell the Three Kingdoms on the radio. And you know, it's an art form that dates back to like the 1300s when storytellers first started popping up in tea houses in China. And so they carried it over to the radio. And these guys were great. You know, they kind of do exactly this type of thing, obviously much, much better than I can do. But uh, so, you know, when I first started doing the podcast, that was kind of what I was trying to emulate. And I found that, okay, you know, I could start off trying to read the uh, English translation or start off with the English translation and try to uh, dress that up, um, make it more conversational. But pretty soon I discovered that it's just a lot easier um, if I just went through and did the translation myself. Right. That's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes me about uh, three to four hours to uh, write the script for uh, one episode for about, you know, 25, 30 minute episode. Wow. Now, have you gone through and figured out how many episodes it's going to take to get through the entire novel? Yes, uh, 150. Uh, so, you know, about probably maybe, I don't know, six months into the podcast, I actually did sit down and try to figure out, okay, I am X percent of the way through the novel, um, according to the uh, ebook version, you know, I have. Uh, so, you know, you do the word count and you do that, do, do all that calculation. And I figured out, okay, this is going to end up being about like a four and a half year project spanning 150 episodes. And, you know, so far, uh, it's pretty much been stayed at that pace. I'm right on the mark. It's wow. Like yeah. Well, so I heard part of that interview that you mentioned with the other podcast. And in that um, podcast, you had invited one of the hosts to be a guest reader on your podcast. Did that ever happen? And have you done that more than once? Uh, no, that that was just kind of a serendipitous uh, one time thing. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, that, the host of that podcast, uh, Kaiser, he actually uh, is in the same town as me. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah. So, and yeah. And, you know, and, you know, his show was one that I've been listening to for a long time at uh, the Seneca podcast. Um, you know, because it's, you know, it's a terrific podcast about contemporary Chinese news and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he moved to the, to Durham, you know, we just kind of serendipitously like cross paths. And, you know, he told me how big a fan he is of the three kingdoms. And, you know, and so, he was just so enthusiastic and he asked, hey, you know, do, do you think I could ever, you know, do a uh, guest read? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, so, yeah, that was just a one time thing. But oh, OK, yeah. yeah, I was I was wondering because I hadn't listened to enough episodes to tell if you had had other guests come in and do like, you know, s- you know take the some of the work off of you and have yeah. them have some. Yeah, no, not really. And, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things, too. You know, it's like uh, one of the things I kind of pride myself on with this podcast is that. Um, like all the names and place the names of places and people, you know, like are pronounced correctly. Yes. And, you know, with when with Chinese names, you know, it is kind of difficult, you know, for people who are not native Chinese speakers to do that. So, uh, you know, that's that's always that's kind of one obstacle too. you know, to having more guest reader, um, guest readers. Yes. Yeah. Well, in addition to, I noticed that in addition to the podcast, you also have some other related resources, mm-hmm. which again, I'm just in awe of the amount of, of work that you put into this show. It's really impressive. But, you know, like the timeline and I saw like sort of a chart which kept track of like who was alive and who was dead. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> like yeah. if somebody's really into this, they probably love that they have this, all this additional information to 
to look at. Yeah, yeah. And to me, you know, those supplemental resources are just as big a part of kind of this experience as the podcast itself, because, you know, one of the, the main goals of this podcast is to make this uh, novel accessible. And, you know, as you mentioned in your intro, you know, there's like a thousand characters uh, in this novel. You know, I think one source I read says 1191. Wow. You know, I haven't gone back to count to make to see if they are you know, correct, but that feels about right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, and there are you know, literally uh, places where they introduce a character, a named character, and then they kill him off in the next sentence. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's like The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, yeah it's it's kind of like um. So you know, a lot of times I compare it to like Homeric epics. Uh, mm-hmm. In that sense, like that, you know, like the Iliad, where you know the Iliad has like a thousand characters, you know. So, you know, there's so many people that you have to keep track of, and so I felt like, okay, you know, I should give them something to help them uh, figure out who's who and who's on which side, who's with which faction, uh, and then you know, we get so many battles, you know, happening in different places, and you know, if you're talking to Western audience, they're not going to be familiar with Chinese geography. Uh, especially Chinese geography from the 200s. Uh, right. So, you know, I thought, okay, you know, I should have a map uh, to help them at least get a general idea of, okay, this is happening over here versus like on the Western end of the empire, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, and it's just been, uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy creating those uh, resources. And the thing is with those resources, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into them at the beginning when you're setting them up but once you set them up you know from week to week uh updating them is not as big a chore you know that's relatively easy oh that's that's good to hear all right so i always like to ask this question uh, because i i love the answers that i get um what do you think you've learned about yourself from podcasting hmm well, so you know how there's a saying that, you know, somebody has a uh, face for radio. I feel like I've discovered <laughs> that I have a uh, voice for print. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, no, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things where, again, like I said earlier, you know, just listening to your own voice and then realizing kind of for the first time, oh, okay, you know, that's how I sound, you know. Uh, so that's uh, definitely something that you realize um and then you know that's an area you identify, and you cut. You know, okay, you, this is a pl- this is an area you want to work on. You know, which is great. Um, you know, being uh, and you know this is some this is something that uh, I also you know, let me stop and sure. restart that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, that's okay. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, I just messed that all up. Um, yeah, so uh, part part of the reason I started this podcast too is because. Uh, you know, as somebody who's been working in media um, for his whole career, so you know, I started out as a journalist. Now I do communications and PR. Uh, you know, podcasting is kind of something that I always wanted to kind of explore and try my hand at. You know, just for professional reasons. You know, aside from just you know being a personal interest. Uh, so th- in that sense, you know, doing this podcast has helped me. Uh, get more experience as far as recording audio, figuring out, you know, the equipment, uh, you know, editing audio. So that's been a great uh, learning experience. Well, it's interesting that you said you have a voice for print and, you know, it takes some getting used to hearing your own voice for the first time because I, 
something that I hear a lot and I've certainly experienced it. I mean, even today, um, I have another podcast that I've been doing for seven years and even I do what you do and I listen back to all of my uh, episodes a couple of times because I also feel like that I'm, I'm not a naturally gifted speaker. And so I'm always trying to improve. And I think listening back does help. Is there is there anything else you've done to sort of hone the craft at all? Have you done anything? I don't know, anything else to to help you get better? Um. Well, you know, I do like like you. I do re- go back and re-listen to my own stuff, um, and then I try to compare um, like different takes. You know, some I might you know adjust um, the way I speak, uh, or you know try to amp up uh, my voice in certain places, and then you know I will go back and compare it to uh, you know a previous take and see how that sounds. Um, you know, I'm I'm just you know tr- comparing. Um, audio editing techniques to see um you know how uh you know a certain filter in audacity might uh, affect the quality of the podcast you know so just the little things like that yeah yeah it all it all helps (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) okay so i'm curious um have you monetized your show at all and if so how um haven't really monetized it beyond just you know putting up a uh, you know donate link uh, mm-hmm. and you know from that I, mean, I get like an occasional donation uh, which I am extremely grateful for uh, you know I haven't really made a attempt to monetize this because one when I was starting off you know I was like okay I don't know how well I'm actually gonna do with this first of all so quality wise you know I felt like I needed to get to a certain level before I even think about you know, monetization. And also, I knew starting out that what I'm doing is catering to a uh, relatively small niche audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't expecting uh, that, okay, you know, after six months, I'm going to have 100,000 downloads and, you know, I, then I can, you know, uh, pitch the show to advertisers. Yeah. And then uh, finally, you know, that's also not really the main reason I wanted to do this podcast. Um, you know, this thing started out as uh, a hobby and also as a desire to, you know, kind of introduce a piece, a significant piece of Chinese culture to Western audiences. So that's always been my main goal. And, you know, so I never really thought about, you know, okay, you know, I'm going to try to um, find advertisers who will support this because honestly, I would do this even if, uh, you know, even if I didn't get a dime from it. So I'm glad you said that because I think there is a a strong focus sometimes on and pressure maybe uh, on to monetize our podcasts. But I, I hear a lot from other podcasters that they didn't get into it to make money. And it is more of a creative outlet or um, there's some sort of purpose or passion behind it that is is the, the the whole reason behind it and it's not about the money there's some something else they're getting from it so i'm, I'm glad you said that because i think a lot of people will will be able to relate to your feelings mm. yeah um and you know and the other thing too is you know so when i started this podcast it was like april of 2014 so that was like five months before serial dropped and podcast you know suddenly exploded you know again because <laughs> yeah, you know the podcast you know kind of had a little mini golden age back in the mid 2000s and then 
nobody could really figure out how to make money off of them. Right. And so they kind of just hung around there in the background. And then, yeah, and then cereal dropped. And every, that's when everybody said, oh, you know, oh, there may be money in this, you know. Uh, so, we, but, you know, when I started, you know, podcasting was not something that you did to uh, potentially make money. But, you know, I could always, like, I could also say that I was podcasting uh, before podcasting became cool. Yes, I say that a lot, too, because I always feel like that, that uh, people think of podcasting as sort of before serial and after serial, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, might be a little infor- uh, unfortunate for those of us who've been doing it for a long time before serial. But I get it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So what keeps you motivated to produce your show, knowing that you have all this work uh, to do on, and and you're consistently putting it out there? What is your main motivator? Uh, well, first of all, you know, with the, all the responses I get from people who listen to mm-hmm. the podcast mm-hmm. and t- to tell me that, you know, oh, you know, thank you. You know, this really helps me get into this novel or, you know, I've been trying to get into this novel f- for a while, but just couldn't find couldn't uh, get through it but your podcast is helping me you know those feedback really really keep me going uh because you know after all you know i'm doing this for those people and you know if they're getting something out of it that is motivation for me to keep going uh and then also and i did this purposely too when i was thinking about you know what topic to do a podcast on uh because this is a uh, retelling of a novel, it has a definite beginning and end. So that in itself keeps me motivated because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to just, you know, cut out, you know, 30% of the way through the book or 60% of the way through the book and <laughs> then you know, leave an incomplete body of work floating right. around, right? A, cl- a cliffhanger. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If I was just doing something that was like a weekly thing and ha- you know, had no like, you know, f- definite ending you know, so that it could go on infinitely, then I feel like, you know, if I did get stressed out in my life, I did get too busy in my life, I would be lot more tempted to say okay that's it the the podcast has to go you know so okay so so knowing that you have a an ending point and you when you look forward and, and you know think about that ending point is it a relief or are you already thinking about your next podcast both uh you know <laughs> i think you know definitely you know you, you you uh look forward to the ending point at some and you know we're about 70 75 percent of the way through the novel now oh, so final stretch know, right yeah so the end is in sight uh so yeah so you definitely look forward to that uh but then you also yeah you also start thinking about what you're going to do next uh and you know i've thought about that and you know i like to keep uh doing something along this along the same lines uh so the, the three kingdoms is uh considered one of four right. classic uh chinese novels so you know i'm thinking about you know okay maybe after i get done with this i will move on to another one um so yeah so definitely you know i've been putting some thoughts and um kind of doing a little uh, bit of work here and there kind of maybe think about laying the groundwork or just sketching out the ideas for uh the next project Cool. Now, you talked a little bit about finding, you know, Facebook groups and tapping into Reddit topics. How else how else do you promote your show? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'm on social media, you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, um, 
of those kind of things. Um, but you know, when I was starting up, really the main place I went to were um, for online forums um, that where people were just talking about uh, you know Chinese topics. Uh, and then you know, I've also uh, joined you know podcast groups or you know history groups uh, or history podcast groups. Uh, you know, anywhere where you know people might be interested in these things. Uh, and then once you get a certain number of uh, listeners, you know, word of mouth really becomes a significant uh, tool for uh, promoting. So, uh, you know, I've had a lot of uh, listeners who say, you know, oh, you know, a friend of mine told me about this podcast, you know, and I am you know, really grateful for anybody who's listened to my podcast and then passed it along to a friend or family. Yeah, know? that oh, yeah, that feels really good. That's like a really I mean, that's almost as good or maybe even better than a good review or a good comment to actually mm-hmm. spread the word and get another listener for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because that yeah, I think that's kind of in what in marketing, that's the best thing you can hope for, right? Uh, word of mouth, mm-hmm. and you know, personal endorsements from people you know, to others. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's social proof. That, that's that's yeah. so valuable. Well, and I think, you know, what you mentioned about being able to find, you know, history groups and online forums and Chinese history interest, that there's a lot to be said for the niche podcast because because you're a niche podcast, you can find the people that would be interested in you so much more easily because the topic is is well defined and those people are interested in that specific thing that you're providing so it's almost um, it's almost easier I think for niche podcasts to to grow an audience than maybe just a general you know comedy podcast yeah and you know also you know because you know you're playing to a uh, very uh, narrow niche um, chances are there is not a whole lot of content out there right now you know that meets the interests and uh, wants and needs of the people who are, you know, in that niche. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So have you attended any podcast conferences or podcasting networking events? Have you taken that step yet? Uh, I have not. Yeah, I really have not. Just haven't... uh, had the time to even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You've, uh, yeah, you've got a job, you've got a podcast, you've got a kid. It's probably hard to, to fit another thing into the equation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if it's like you know, it's one of those things. If um, if one was to like was within driving distance, like you know, like an hour drive or something, you know, I would love to you know drop by and just see you know what others are doing and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd get you'd get a lot out of it. Okay, so if you could give a new podcaster one piece of advice, what would it be? Hmm. I would say before you record, um, you know, think about how you're going to, you know, how motivated will you be to do this podcast six months from now, a year from now? Yeah. You know, once you get over that initial enthusiasm, right? Because chances are, you know, most for most of us, there's this initial spark of interest that kind of, you know, builds up and drives us to say, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. But then at some, eventually, you know, you need something more than just that initial enthusiasm to keep going. So, you know, think about how you're going to keep going. Um, after that wears off, uh, but then at the same time, I say, you know, don't wait, don't plan, don't sit around planning for too long. Uh, record 
you know, your re- go ahead and record your first or first two episodes. Um, but don't be in a rush to publish them yet. Record the episodes, uh, and then go back and review them and use those use the experience from recording those episodes to figure out, okay, you know, wh- am I going to be able to keep doing this week in, week out for however long that I plan to do this, you know? And yeah. then if the answer is yes, then go ahead and publish, you know? Absolutely. Those are two pieces of great advice. Totally, totally think that's that's something that any new podcaster can take to heart. All right. So I warned you I had a couple questions, <laughs> my, my fun questions. I, I, I don't send in advance, but I think they're cool questions and I can't wait to hear your answer, answers. All right. So this is a fantasy. It's my fantasy podcaster question. So if you could choose anyone living or dead to have a podcast, who would it be? Hmm. Anyone living or dead, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a good question. So um, many, so many to choose from. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so, you know, somebody somebody who's dead that will maybe listen to a podcast of is um, you know, like somebody like julius caesar who is okay. you know a you know who's obviously a uh, very you know influential person but also a great self-promoter uh he strikes me as somebody who would do like a great podcast say like, while he's on like one of his campaigns yes i you know we haven't had julius caesar yet so, and i think it's an excellent suggestion julius caesar's podcast would be uh i think quite popular it'd be hard to compete with him <laughs> <laughs> so um the second fun question is if there was a podcast about your life what would it be called Hmm, about my life. Well, if it was about my life in the last month or so, it would be like the plague. <laughs> A plague. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, um, let's see. Let's not go with the plague. That's, yeah, that's just a, depressing. That's a little depressing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, maybe like something like East, East meets West. East uh, you meets know. West, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I think that... Yeah. That about sums it up with you, huh? Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a good title. I think, was that a title of a movie? I don't know. It sounds That familiar. sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I really enjoyed our conversation. I can't wait to listen to more episodes of your podcast. It's um, There's so much there. It's so meaty. And, uh, you know, it's just a nice podcast to have. I like to listen to it when I'm when I'm working because it's just a nice, like, um, I know you don't maybe aren't thrilled with your voice, but I actually think you have a really great voice and it's, it's nice to listen to. So I hope other people will check out your podcast and uh, uh, they can find you on Twitter at uh, RO3K podcast and the Three Kingdoms podcast on Facebook. And of course, you can be found on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, um, all the all the major podcast players. I think they'll be able to find you on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on Podcasting Smarter, John. I so appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. 
If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting!